So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. My commitment to you is to help you grow your business. Hard stop, that's where it ends. So thank you for being here. If you're looking to grow, then welcome to the show. Wow, that all just rhymed. That just worked. That worked really well. I'm feeling good about myself. Um, you guys, thanks for being here. Um, this is a this is a really amazing space um, for for uh, essentially for me to bring other industry experts uh, directly to you to introduce you guys to people um, like Adam Taylor today, um, I guess. I'll introduce him in just a second. Um, but other experts who are just doing incredible things within their niche. And and um, these things could be marketing, it could be sales, it could be full strategies or tactics. It could be, again, today's conversation is going to be something that I've never even touched on and I can't wait to dive into it with Adam. Um, but I also want to invite you guys uh, to take this a step further. The podcast is one level deep, right? You get to hear me, you get to hear these other experts, but I want to invite you a little bit further down the rabbit hole uh, to my community. It's called the Six Figure Photography Mastermind. This is a mastermind group on Facebook. Uh, it is a free community. There's no there's no commitment from you. It's just, I want, to, I want you guys to be there because it's where I hang out Monday through Friday. I'm in this group. I'm doing live videos uh, every day at 3 p.m. EST. As a matter of fact, this podcast right now is being broadcast live into the Mastermind Group as a video where you could see handsome Adam Taylor right now. It's, it's, it's He's in Hawaii. It's yeah. <laughs> you just gave me the thumbs up. Um, so I want to invite you to that. If you want access, go to sixfigurephotography.com, S-I-X, sixfigurephotography.com forward slash mastermind. And that'll bring you right over to my Facebook group. I can't wait to see you guys there. Well, let's jump in. I've already kind of teased you guys just a tidbit about Adam Taylor here. Uh, but Adam Taylor, he is an interior and architectural architect, architectural, I'll go architecture uh, photographer. Um, he used to be based out of Los Angeles. He's now moved out to Oahu, Hawaii. We got to talk about that move in itself. Um, but what Adam specializes in, apart from the architecture photography, the interior photography, is 
is licensing photography. And he's going to teach you guys how to bring in more cash by licensing your work. Another little tidbit about Adam. I did some digging here into this kid. And um, his his move to Hawaii was really intentional. I want to talk with him about how he's designed the, his life in this way. Um, exploration, adventure, it brings him energy. It inspires him. And so he took his family, moved them all the way across the road over to Hawaii. He's prioritized traveling as a part of their lifestyle. And, um, and I love what you wrote about this, Adam. You said, the priority is in the present. The priority is in the present, not when we retire, because we live each day with the knowledge that we aren't guaranteed tomorrow. Uh, Adam, and so you took things into the present and you got up and you moved. Welcome to the show, Adam. I'm so excited to connect with you on licensing, on, on your commitment to your health and your family and, and being in the present. Uh, welcome to the show, my dude. Thank you very much. That was an awesome intro. And I was actually getting goosebumps as you were reading that because it is so personal to me. So thanks for yeah. sharing that with everybody. Yeah, of course, man. So you're you're in Hawaii right now. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Okay. And and now how I, I believe you just moved. Now, how how recent is the move to Hawaii? Uh recent is one month and fifteen days. So about about a month and a half. Um, yeah. So we just got here, fresh off the plane. Wow. Recent as in there's still a lot still in boxes is my guess. Is that accurate? Well, we only brought six suitcases and a third of that was my camera gear. So no boxes to be had. <laughs> no. That's awesome. That's so cool. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about your family. Like what is the dynamic that you guys have? Sure. Uh, it's just my wife and uh, my three and a half year old daughter. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just a, a small family. We lived uh, previously in Long Beach, California, which is uh, right on the border of LA County and Orange County. So kind of right there in that big metropolitan hub. Uh, where I was able to have clients in both LA and OC. Um, and a little bit of backstory in the move actually is that, like you said, we, we prioritize travel. Uh, and part of the reason for that is that uh, my wife's father passed away from colon cancer about a month before he was due to retire. Wow. Uh, and so that was like a big um, kind of kick to us and, and a kick in the pants and a big eye opener. You know, again, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And this um, just kind of reminded us that. And at the time that he passed away, um, we were looking at getting engaged and getting married and stuff. And so mm -hmm. when we got married, we actually dropped everything and took a four month trip around the world. Um, wow. Little side note, uh, it was gonna be six months, uh, possibly more, but we found out she was pregnant. So uh, <laughs> we chopped it down to four months. Uh, we traveled four months around the world while she was pregnant. Um, and after that, we set a goal to travel at least a month out of every year. So, you know, drop any kind of work we might have um, or take work with us. and and just travel for a month every year. Um, so during all this time, uh, during our honeymoon, we went to Bali, Indonesia, and then mm -hmm. we fell in love with it so much that twice after the fact, we went there again as part of our you know, travel every month, a month every year. Um, well, we decided what would it look like if we actually moved to Bali? And we started kicking around this idea. And honestly, it was a, a big scary idea of like, oh my God, should we sell everything? Should we move to Bali? Like, that's so crazy. Well, then we kind of looked at it from a different angle of like, what if we, you know, just went for a year. Like, that's not so scary because we've already done four months. Like we know how to, you know, pack up and leave temporarily. So what if we just went for a year? So uh, we went last December for five weeks and we're doing some scouting. We, we found the area we wanted to live in. We found a house to, to lease out for a year. Uh, we found a school for our daughter. You know, we were, we were gung-ho. We were all about it. Um, got back home uh, early January, started making plans, booked a one-way flight to Bali, Indonesia from March 29th, 2020. Dun, dun, dun. What a great month. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we all know what happened after here. March 19th, yeah. California 
uh, went into lockdown and a few days later, Bali closed their borders to uh, everybody. Yeah. So, you know, here we were, we had put, you know, six months of planning preparations, um, energy, time, money into this move. And we got shut down. Uh, we had literally our bags packed. We had sold half our furniture at this point already. Um, you know, we owned a condo that we had up for lease. We had put our car up for sale. Uh, luckily, the condo didn't get leased yet. Luckily, the car didn't uh, go for sale or didn't sell. So we still had a house and a car. Um, but mentally, we were like checked out. Mentally, we were already there. You know what I mean? We were 10 oh, yeah. days out from our flight. Um, so all year 2020, we've been just, you know, living with one foot out the door, so to speak. We've been you know, uh, just halfway mentally, just not in California anymore. We were already moved on to our next chapter in our minds, you know? So all year we were chasing this dream of, and this lifestyle that we desired of, you know, being able to free dive and snorkel on a daily basis and warm tropical waters and jungle hikes to waterfalls. And, you know, just this tropical paradise lifestyle that we wanted to live and we knew as possible, um, but we couldn't get to Bali. So uh, September 30th, we said, you know what, let's stop living our life on pause and let's go to Hawaii. You know, it's, uh, it's a much more expensive place to live, but it has all the things that we want in our life. Um, and so, when, you know, when we were looking at kind of our vision board and our list of goals and dreams, all these things that we've written down, like Hawaii has those things um, as far as the lifestyle. Um, we'll get into the business aspect of that later and, and move my <laughs> photography business here. But the lifestyle we wanted within Hawaii. So September 30th, we said, you know what, let's just move to Hawaii. And November 13th, we were here. Yeah. Uh, so that's where we're at. We, we packed it up and moved very quickly. Uh, we had a plan. We knew what we wanted to do and we're here. It's awesome. I love this, man. So this is really fun. Back in 2000, I just need, I, I want to relate a little bit. And then I also want to, I'm, I'm going to speak right now, mostly to fire a, a little bit of, uh, or light a fire a little bit under myself. So back in 2013, I actually relate in some way. Leslie, my wife and I, um, we were getting ready to move to Hawaii. Uh, we were going to spend three months of the year there during uh, essentially our winter season. We were going to photograph weddings, portraits in Hawaii for three months. Uh, and then come back uh, here to the States uh, for the remaining. And so we, we were in this, dude, very, very similar thing. Like we did the research. We like are making the connections. We're lining everything up. And then, and then lastly, uh, we found out we're having our first child. And it was our very first. And we were, I mean, we were young and terrified. <laughs> so, but everything went into pause mode. And, um, and so that's been five years ago now. And I feel like, you know, I, we've been, we've been eyeing some ideas, I guess is what I'm getting at of like, of living in the present and like, and taking advantage of things. And so this is a, this is a really encouraging story for me, really empowering. And, and it's, um, especially as we're heading into the new year, Adam, of like, what is, what does 2021 look like? How do I want it to look? How do I want to design my life this year? Um, and I love the way that you said it, getting off of the pause button and start living in the now. Um, that's wild. Can I ask you though, moving your business, you know, I mean, moving your business from California to Bali was one thing, moving your business, you know, uh, now to Hawaii, how have you managed this move from a new market? Um, you know, like, what does that look like? Yeah, really good question. So to back up, uh, moving a business to Bali actually wouldn't have been possible. Um, in Bali, as a foreigner, you're not allowed to work there legally. Okay. Um, you know, you have to go through a lot of uh, legal red tape and loopholes and stuff in order to be able to, to practice and make any kind of money there. Um, and so just being like a freelance photographer would not be possible in Bali. So okay. when I was looking at that option of moving for the year, essentially, I was going to quote unquote, take a year off um, of shooting, but also focus on licensing and helping other people license their photos, which obviously, like you said, we'll talk about later. 
my wife had a business that she was planning to transition online, which because of COVID, she had to do that anyway. Um, but for myself, you know, I was kind of in the mindset of I've got savings, I've got, you know, investments and cushions um, as, you know, a safety net. So what happens if I go to Bali with the mindset of I don't have to work and make rent this month? Keep in mind, it's very cheap over there. Yeah. But, you know, what kind of creative possibilities could we possibly come up with if we have the mindset of we don't have to make money? You know, we're, we're both entrepreneurial. We both like helping people um, and we're both very creative. So what kind of ideas could we come up with? Obviously, that never happened. Hawaii is a different story because it's really expensive here and our cost of living has definitely gone up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, however, it was important enough to us to make this move for our lifestyle design that, um, you know, the cost just wasn't really that big of a factor. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, like I said, we did the move so quickly that I didn't do a lot of research or, or really any research on, you know, the business aspect of things. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we have investments and we have some savings and, and kind of cushions and stuff in place. Um, which makes it way less scary, but I'm not going to lie. It's still scary and it's still very stressful. And, um, you know, it's a lot to, to consider. Um, but to answer your question, when moving the business, uh, the first thing I did was I hired a virtual assistant overseas to uh, do some lead generation. So I, I told my assistant that I wanted every single interior designer, custom home builder, and uh, residential architect on the island. I want their uh, company name, their website, and their email address. Uh, and I paid $125 and I got about 375-ish uh, email addresses. I popped those into MailChimp and I used an email uh, template that I've used several times uh, very effectively when, you know, kind of making other transitions and reaching out to other potential new clients. Um, and from that initial email, you know, I sent uh, some follow-up emails and stuff. Again, recycling emails that were effective in my other campaigns from, from California. Uh, and so from those email campaigns, uh, I got several, you know, lots and lots of replies, which was great. Uh, I was able to set up several in-person meetings. And as a direct result of one of those meetings, uh, I already got booked for a photo shoot and did a photo shoot here on the island, um, which is pretty awesome um, considering, A, it's holidays. Um, B, you know, right now as we're recording this to, to kind of put a timestamp on it, Christmas was just a few days ago. So we're right in the <laughs> like thick literally. of holiday time. <laughs> You know, I was here during Thanksgiving and now Christmas and New Year's coming up, obviously. So the fact that I was able to already book and, and do a shooting and paid for a shoot that was during the holiday time while moving, you know, the first month we were here, we were in an Airbnb. Uh, so not very conducive to being very productive. Also, the first like week and a half, we were kind of like in vacation mode of just enjoying the island. Um, yeah. And then also after that vacation time, we were, you know, in the Airbnb, but also looking for a house. And once we found a place to move into, then actually doing the move and, you know, getting it fully furnished and decorated and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm pretty um, happy with, you know, the meetings that I've had and the fact that I've already booked a shoot during, you know, all this, all the stuff that's just been said. It's awesome. Are you continuing to work with your VA? Uh, I've only hired them for that one task. I, and I had the same VA that I used um, to do the same kind of lead generation in California a while back. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll probably get um, them also to do some lead gen on, uh, commercial architects. Like I said, I've only done residential architects so far. Uh, yeah. That's kind of more of my niche. Um, but I think there's a lot of potential for commercial out here. Um, and then I'll probably have them also go back to those lists that they created and then follow everybody on Instagram and do some liking and maybe commenting on Instagram just to Absolutely. You know, kind of get in front of their eyes a little bit more. Um, yeah. so that's the extent of it so far.
That's awesome. Yeah. I've done a decent amount of work with, um, with VAs, virtual assistants, uh, just to define it for anyone who's listening and not familiar with the term. Um, we've had some long-term VAs um, do office manager work, manage inbox, uh, workflow contracts, inquiry process. Um, when we had five photographers on our team and just, you know, so much going on and it really, um, it's just, it's such a great, it's such a great move to be quite honest. You know, you don't need to bring someone in your home. You don't need to be dealing with all that, uh, incredibly cost effective and beneficial to them as well. Uh, where did you work with your VA out of where, where were they from? I wish I knew the answer. You know, to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know the country they're based out of. Um, yeah. I could probably look it up. It was, I got them on Upwork. Okay, cool. Yeah, Upwork. Yeah, it's awesome. That's what, yeah, if anyone's interested in checking that out, uh, just like Adam Taylor just said, I like saying your full name, by the way. It's like it has a nice little like, I don't know, I like it. Um, but anyway, yeah, Upwork is a great is a great place uh, to look for VAs. Where, um, VA, oh man, I just lost where I, where I hired my from. I, I just forgot. Uh, I'll think of it probably middle of the episode and I'll yell out where, where I hired mine from. Um, so, so then also though, you also have licensing revenue coming in though as well during this move. So it probably does help uh, to, to kind of like create a little bit more of a, of a cushion. Is that accurate? Yes. Um, yeah. One of uh, my big sales recently was a $5,000 license on some photos from a cabinet manufacturer. And uh, that company uh, pays like on net 60. So they do direct deposit and it'll get in my account like, you know, uh, two full months after the invoice was sent. So the invoice was sent before the move and the whole time during the move, I'm just like, oh my God, please don't have any hiccups. Please don't have any sure. holiday backups. Like I really need this five grand right now. Uh, yeah. And thankfully it came through uh, as, as scheduled. And actually I have a couple more photos to send that company as uh, potentials that they might want to license. So fingers crossed that they, you know, license a handful more from me and I can get some more revenue. Uh, but yeah, during this move, you know, I uh, sent out a handful of emails kind of using my, my systems, using my, my email templates to uh, people that I shot photos for right before I did the move. And actually on that first shoot that I did, I also did the exact same thing and was able to license photos to a, a company that uh, was featured in those home shots um, so yeah, during the move, uh, you know, I was able to use my licensing techniques, I guess you would call them systems, uh, practices and generate some more income that way as well. So definitely helpful during the move. So then let's talk about licensing. Uh, for, maybe let's start at the beginning here. When we're saying licensing, what, what are we talking about right now, Adam? Yeah, good question. So, uh, as a photographer, when you quote unquote, sell your images, you're actually selling a license to use your images. Uh, and in the commercial world, uh, which technically is what I do. You know, I'm shooting um, for architects, custom home builders, um, and interior designers, you know, uh, so that it can be considered commercial photography. These companies are hiring me to shoot photos, but what they're paying for is a license to use those photos in their marketing and advertising. So the interior designer that hires me doesn't own the photos. She can't resell them to anybody else. She can't give them to the cabinet company in the kitchen she remodeled. She can't give them to the faucet company that's featured in the bathroom. She is licensing the photos to use for her business and to market her company. And a good way to think about it is just like you license the Adobe Creative Suite every year, you know, you pay a yearly subscription uh, fee to use that software. You don't own the software. You can't give it to every other photographer, you know, right? Every other photographer has to pay for a license to use that software. So just like the software license, the image licensing is the exact same thing. So the designer or the architect that hires me licenses the photos to market their company, but I own the photos as the photographer, I own the copyright. So I can also license those photos to, like I said, the cabinet company, the faucet company, the tile on the backsplash, uh, the flooring company, the countertop company. 
Uh, and in the type of work that I do, there are just so many companies involved in a particular project that uh, can potentially license these images that there's a lot of possibilities out there of where you can make additional revenue. Um, like I said, we'll just keep using the, the example of a kitchen, right? So you've got the kitchen hired by the interior designer or the builder. And then, like I said, you've got the tiles that might be on the backsplash. You've got uh, whatever kind of stone surface might be uh, on the countertops. You've got the cabinets, even the cabinet hardware, like the little uh, mm. knobs or the pulls, um, you know, that's a company that makes that, that needs to market their products. Mm -hmm. You've got the flooring, um, you've got, uh, you know, lighting fixtures. Windows. When, exactly. I mean, the, the list goes on and there are so many companies in the home uh, manufacturing space that it's just like the options are, are really limitless. Yeah. And they tend to have, uh, I mean, this is my, from buying a home, my only assumption and from having a father who's a father-in-law rather, who's a, who's a contractor, they tend to have deeper pockets, uh, tend to. Yeah. It, uh, that, that's all relative, I guess you could say, <laughs> Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah. So most companies that are in this space, again, a tile company, a cabinet company, et cetera. Um, you know, the, I always tell people there's like large, medium and small companies, right? And you have to look at the size of the company to help determine how valuable your photos are to them and, and mm -hmm. what they're going to pay. Because some of the really large companies, your photos might not actually be that valuable to them because they already have a bunch of assets. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me try to break this down a little bit. So a really small company, it might be like a mom and pop shop, a handful of employees, um, they might have, uh, you know, no resources to hire somebody like me to go to a house and shoot a project that they did. Um, and they certainly don't have the resources to build out, you know, a custom set just to photograph their cabinets, for example, in a space. But if somebody like me shows them a couple of finished photos and offers them for a couple hundred bucks, then they might have the resources to pay for those photos. Um, so you can kind of understand the value that way. A medium-sized company, you know, they're going to know that their cabinets went into this, you know, high-end uh, retail space or this, you know, kind of luxury residential property. So they know where their photos went and they might have the resources to hire somebody like me to go photograph that space uh, with the cabinets installed. They're probably not going to have the resources to build out a whole set, rent a studio, like construct, you know, do their own construction in order to photograph their cabinets installed in a place. So, you know, they can hire somebody like me. But again, if other people from other areas, you know, send them photos of their cabinets installed, then they're probably going to be happy to pay for those. Um, whereas a really large company, an appliance maker, for example, you know, they're going to produce their own shoots. They're going to build out sets. They're going to, mm -hmm. you know, hire models to, you know, put food into the oven. They're going to ha have, you know, a food designer or whatever it might be on set, like helping design this entire ad campaign, right? Mm -hmm. So these are the companies that have the big pockets. But also because of that, they might not have the need for the types of photos that I have as much. So I've actually been paid a little bit less by some of those bigger companies because of you know, the supply and the demand. Like they have so many photos that they just don't really need mine. But if yeah. they're cheap enough, they'll go ahead and take them and put them in their database and use them on Instagram or, or whatever they might need them for. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's clear. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. 
Zesto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, The really cool thing, too, is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, It gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Do you remember when you started your photography business, like it was no small feat. It took late nights. It took early mornings. It took the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little bit easier? Uh, Our friends at FreshBooks, they have the solution. So FreshBooks is invoicing and accounting software, and it is designed specifically for small business owners, not like massive shops, small business owners. It is simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized. Uh, Well, then... Uh, for me, it's it's like the bottom drawer of like my Ikea furniture, but maybe you're like the shoebox kind of person with the crumbled receipts. Either way, with FreshBooks, you create and send professional looking invoices in like 30 seconds tops, and then you get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time, which is my biggest downfall is that organization for tax time. And here's the best part. With FreshBooks, it grows a alongside your business so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting so join the 24 million people who have used FreshBooks there's a 30 day free trial there's no catch there's no credit card required 30 days free go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography freshbooks.com forward slash photography and enter six figure photography and how did you hear about us that's the little section there how did you hear about us six figure photography you guys at this point let's hop back to the show hey i want to clear something up here so you would describe yourself as an interior and architecture photographer how would you you know how would you distinguish what you do from a real estate photographer yeah great question um, it's both shooting houses essentially, mm-hmm. um, but the business model and the type of shooting you do tends to be pretty different. Uh, the type of shooting can be similar, but the business model is very different. Um, and so let's break that down. The type of shooting, uh, real estate photographers tend to, um, you know, essentially quote unquote, make the space look big. They're trying to show the entire house, uh, the best they can and how the rooms all kind of relate to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, the potential home buyer knows what to expect when they walk in. They're not necessarily creating art and they're not necessarily trying to sell a product. 
Um, and so when I shoot a space, uh, I'm usually shooting a lot tighter composition, uh, a lot more kind of artfully composed composition than the real estate photographer might do. Uh, and I'm also shooting uh, with a lot more intention on, you know, what are we selling in this space? We're selling a dream and a lifestyle, not just a big room. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, if I'm shooting specifically for products, again, we're trying to show those products in the best light. We're trying to show how those products interact with the different other products and textures in the space. Uh, and so the attention to detail and the amount of time spent on each shot is very different. Uh, real estate photographers tend to work by themselves. They get in and out as quickly as possible of a home um, and they're creating the compositions on their own. For somebody like me, I'm, I'm side by side working with my client to agree on a composition uh, based on what they feel is important to show for their designs. And then within that composition, once the stage is, or the, uh, the composition is set and the camera's on a tripod, then we're going through and like, you know, meticulously moving each little object in the scene. So, you know, moving the chairs a couple inches this way, things on the countertop, we're moving a couple inches this way or that way. And we're just like really uh, nitpicking and getting very detail oriented on everything. Now on the business model side of things, the real estate photographer is doing volume and that's how they're uh, traditionally making their income. So, mm -hmm. you know, again, everything is in general terms right now. Of course, for yeah, of yeah example, I get that. But um, generally speaking, the real estate photographer will do a lot more shoots at a lot lower price point and they'll do add-ons. So you've mm -hmm. got your base package. Now, do you want to add in the twilights? Do you want to add in the 3D tours? Do you want to do the floor plan? Do you want to do the drone and the video mm -hmm. walkthrough? And so their, their business model is the base package that's a low price point to get them in the door. And then your add-ons adding all, all these other services where my business model is uh, shoot for very few clients at a much higher price point. And my packages are based on a uh, creative fee and a price per photo um, for the image licensing. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I, I base my pro I'm sorry, the reason why I base my prices on that model is again, because it's commercial photography and uh, two reasons. And I always tell my clients this, uh, I price my services on a creative fee and a licensing fee, A, so that you pay for more if you get more photos and pay for less if you get less photos and B, so that we can have the conversation about what licensing is. Because you're paying a licensing fee per photo, that allows me to explain what your licensing fee entails you to do and doesn't entail you to do. Uh, and because I have this conversation with my clients up front, it sets the expectations and it gets them thinking in terms of licensing right away. And that way, after the shoot's done, there's no question of, oh, can I give this to the title manufacturer? Yeah. They already know ahead of time because from that very first conversation, I've told them this is for you to market your business. Uh, if any other businesses want to use it to market their business, they have to come and license the photo as well. Yeah. That's great. So then are you, when you say you, you've got your licensing fee, but you also have the creative fee. Um, th so I'm going to just lay that idea out there for a second. I want to tie it back to another question that I have. When someone goes to hire you, let's say that you've got maybe an interior designer who would like to work with you uh, to create some images that they could license uh, for their marketing. Um, are they paying you then the I'm, I'm, this, I'm making up that the creative fee is like the, the, the session fee. They're like you showing up, putting in the hours, creating the work for them. Is that what you're saying is the creative fee? Yep. hundred percent. Yep. Based gotcha. on the, the fee for showing up. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And so do you, is your business model one or do you recommend one that has a, as a lower creative fee and then a higher licensing fee or how do you kind of factor, you know, or the opposite, you know what I mean? Or right. how essentially do you come to um, create your creative fee relative to your licensing fee? 
That's a really good question. Um, I don't have a great answer off the top of my head. The creative <laughs> fee is definitely higher. So for example, let's yeah. say a creative fee might be $1,000 to show up and a licensing fee per photo for an interior designer, it's $100. Okay. So if they shoot 10 photos throughout the day, which is pretty average, you know, 10 to 15 images, um, then the shoot ends up being $2,000. Sure. Uh, and so for me, I look at, you know, what do I need to make in order to make this worth my time? Uh, keeping in mind that if I shoot for a day, I'm also going to edit for a day, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, for me, it's like, okay, what price point do I need to make me excited to get out of bed and get out the house with my gear? Uh, yeah. Also, what is the value to them? You know, what market are you in? Um, what are your, your skills and how, how good are you at this point, you know? Um, and, you know, my fees have changed and, and adjusted over the last couple of years as I've gotten better, frankly, at, at what I deliver. And yeah. I've gotten more confident in my work and, um, and a lot of that comes from understanding the value that you bring to companies. You know, I, mm -hmm. I actually worked on retainer for three years with a brick and tile manufacturer, um, which okay. is a big part of how I kind of developed this uh, licensing mindset, as I call it, uh, and how I came to understand, you know, how to market products in this home space so well. Um, but, you know, essentially uh, working with them allowed me to improve my craft and uh, allowed me to be able to increase my prices over the years as well. Mm -hmm. Now, when you say you worked on retainer for them, so this is a reoccurring contract monthly that you go out and do committed work to them. Can you explain a little bit more of what that looked like? Sure. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, and I, I, can I can I give specifics? Um, that, sure. You may cool? listen. More specifics, yeah. the better, man. The audience yeah, cool. loves it. Yeah, yeah, good. So uh, the way this happened was, uh, sorry, I've got to tell the backstory to make it all make sense for you. Sure. While my wife and I were on our trip around the world, she was pregnant. Uh, I was doing freelance photography. I hadn't quite found my niche just yet of, you know, the interiors and architecture. And I was frankly going to look for a full-time job for the first time in a decade. Mm. Um, and I put a video resume together on Facebook that sort of went viral. It got like 25,000 views overnight and like 150 shares and a couple hundred comments in one night. Um, but essentially, you know, this was me looking for a job because some of the content creator positions I was looking at specifically said they wanted viral Facebook videos to be created. Yeah. So I put together one of my, my quote unquote personal resume, my story. Uh, the owner of this brick and tile company that I had shot for once or twice was a friend of mine on Facebook. Uh, I knew him through the gym that I went to. He saw that video and essentially said, uh, he sent me an email and, and I swear to God, the email said, what do I need to keep you freelance? Question mark. And that was it. I didn't even know how to respond to it. I didn't know what he was talking about, but long story short, he said, I want to create more content for my company. You need steady work. What can we do together? Uh, mm. So we started out as like a three month kind of trial thing. And he had a list of uh, YouTube videos he wanted to make kind of, you know, describing some of his products. And he had a list of a handful of projects that they had completed that he wanted photographed. Um, and it started with that three month deal and it was going great. And he said, let's just keep this going as long as we can. Um, so our contract was very loosely written. I hand wrote it uh, in the yeah. other room while, you know, he would have done it on the handshake deal, but I just was like, Oh, can I get something in writing? Cause I got a kid about to be born and, <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm going to have money next month. Yeah. Um, so I literally wrote like 10 sentences on a contract that on, on paper that basically said like, you know, this company is going to pay me $5,000 a month. I'm going to work roughly 30 hours a, a week, sometimes more, sometimes less. I'm going to create photos and videos for this company, maybe other stuff too. Like it was literally written just like that. Yeah. Maybe um, some so other it, stuff too. Yeah. And, and it, it did turn into some graphic design stuff. You know, I, I created like yeah. a lookbook and some print collateral for them using the images because uh, I have a degree in graphic design. Yeah. yeah, so essentially it was like roughly 30 hours a week of work, um, video, photo, uh, design, whatever. 
uh, and I got paid five grand a month and I was yeah. totally free to, you know, work for other people and take on other clients. And, um, you know, there was some licensing involved with even some of their images, um, where essentially they were the brick and tile maker that worked with designers and architects. So anybody that was directly related to that project. So those designers, the architects, the builders that use their project products and their dealers that sold the product, they all, you know, got a free license for the photo as well. So their photos were spread wide and far, which is part of their, you know, marketing plan by hiring me. Um, however, if, for example, there was another tile company featured in the room, or if their tile was wrapped around a fireplace, I could sell that photo to the other tile company, to the other fireplace company. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how I started dip my foot in that world of licensing to other vendors and stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. I love it. That's awesome, man. This is sweet. So then what do these licensing agreements tend to look like? You know, I guess, are there any benchmarks or standards uh, that the audience could become aware of? Is it typically an annual license? And are there, uh, maybe I'll start with that question before I get any further. Yeah, good, good question. So you can do uh, what they call rights managed licenses. So like you said, putting a, a time stamp on it for of a year, um, mm -hmm. or, you know, you might want to put a, um, other restrictions on it of like, okay, this can be used for online marketing, but not print advertising or things that like that. That was going to be my follow-up question. <laughs> right. And so yeah. you can put those kind of restrictions on this kind of stuff. Um, however, I don't. Uh, and so I, I need to clarify a few things before I give, give my reasons and what I personally do. Okay. Um, you know, if you look up the definition of like rights, rights managed versus royalty-free images, you know, you'll find a bunch of definitions. And if you go to Getty images, like a, a, a big stock agency, like oh, yeah. Shutterstock or whatever, you know, you'll have the option of rights managed versus royalty free. And so when you do a rights managed image license, you're going to put a uh, time or a location or a, a numerical number on, on the license saying it can only be used X amount of times or in X amount of locations or for X amount of time. Uh, royalty free would be basically like once you pay for the license, it's yours to use as many times as you want, however long as you want, yada, yada. So in my industry, I don't do the rights managed stuff. And the reason is because um, I'm kind of taking that real estate mindset of do volume. Uh, I would rather get the easy yes, as opposed to try to micromanage every license. And because I worked so closely with a marketing guy at a medium sized brick and tile manufacturer uh, for so long, I know kind of how the inside of that company looks. And I know that if they were to get a photo that said it's going to be, you know, you can use this for one year for X amount of things. There's a good chance they're just going to pass up that photo and not pay for it. Whereas otherwise they, they might've paid for it because it's one guy in the marketing department and he's got so many hats that he wears and he doesn't have time to keep up with this kind of thing. And most places don't have a sophisticated system in place, um, meaning a digital asset management system that's going to help keep track of this stuff. Now mm -hmm. the company I worked with, I actually helped set up a digital asset management system. So now I know that that company does have something like this in place. But because I'm not there doing it anymore, again, there's that one guy in marketing and it's his job to not only do all the photos and all the marketing, but everything else he does within the company. And so because I know what a turnoff that is to these companies, uh, I don't bother with it. Um, and so, like I said, I go for what I call the easy yes. Um, I don't do um, a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth negotiations. I kind of have like mm -hmm. a standard price structure um, that I use for almost all of my licensing sales. Um, and it allows me to get a lot of yeses very quickly, as opposed to, you know, like I said, scrutinizing over every negotiation, going back and forth uh, about the rights and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because if you start that, you know, the odds of them just ignoring you or getting pushed to the bottom of their inbox is pretty strong. 
you know, keep in mind how many emails a company like this might have in their inbox at any given time. If they see a big long wordy email or if they see all these restrictions and they're interested in the photo, they might be interested, but it's gonna get pushed, pushed to the bottom of their to-do list because I came to them, they didn't come to me. If they come to me, it's a different story now. You know, if they see an image that they like of mine on Instagram or whatever, for example, and they come and say, hey, I'm working on a catalog and I need a product that you have in this image on the cover of that catalog. Now you've got some leverage. Now you can mm -hmm. do some negotiation, you can do some talking. But if I'm just randomly reaching out to them, I've got to be psyched that they even opened my email in the first place. Mm -hmm. Then if they make it to the bottom of the email to even see the attachments, like, oh, thank God they've made it that far. These people are busy. You've got like two seconds to catch their attention. So yeah. making that email perfect so that they pay attention to you uh, and getting in front of their eyes enough, long enough for them to give you a yes, it, it's a tough game. So if you're now putting all these stipulations in the email or making it too long and wordy to where they push it to the bottom of their inbox until they quote unquote make time for, you know, find time for it later after they finish everything else on their to-do list, good luck, man. Yeah. Uh, so again, I go for the easy yes. I, I try to make the email just a few short sentences uh, that says everything they need to know right away so that they can say, yes, we can make the deal and move on. Yeah. Making it easy to say yes is critical. Even as, as you're speaking about this to tie it to weddings and portraiture, like above me right here, if you're watching the mastermind group, I've got the video up right now, but you know, I've got these fine art collections and these things are $1,900. Um, but it's, it's $1,900 no matter what design they choose. We've got three different designs and some of them are, they're larger. Some of them have more than just three pieces here. Some of them are, you know, all different structures. Some of them cost me more or less. Um, but they're, it's just, they're all $1,900. I don't want you making a decision on price. I want you to make a decision off of the design uh, and just make it easy for the the client to say, yeah, I want that. You know, like, do, do you want it or do you not want it? You know, I don't want to, well, do I want this one? Do I want that one? That one's a little bit more. This one's got four, this one's got three. I don't know. And, and, and then it becomes a big PDF. Then it becomes a big presentation of explaining all the stuff. I love how you said that. Getting to the bottom of the email with all the, all the information, um, you just want people to say, yeah, I want that. That sounds good. Let's do that. Um, dude, I love it, man. Yo, this has been sweet. I'm, I'm really enjoying my conversation with you, Adam. Um, you've got a, you've got a lot of, um, yeah, you've got a great edge with this. And so, um, I'd love to, um, I'd love to do two things. One is I'd love to invite you to the mastermind group. Um, there's been a couple questions uh, in this live video that we've done. And uh, and if you'd be open to it, I'd love to have you be a part of the community and, and maybe you can get a chance if people want to ask you any any further questions, you can answer them. So you don't have to tell me formally right now. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I did want to say that because I'm, I'm watching the live stream right now and I know there's a couple questions. Um, and then I also would love to know, I know that you, you teach photographers about licensing. I want to give you a chance right now just to share where people can find out more information about you uh, and about um, how you educate photographers for further on licensing their work? Sure. So you can look at my work at adamtaylorphotos.com or on Instagram at adamtaylorphotos. Um, and like I said, I do help photographers with licensing. I recently launched a licensing course. It's called Learn to License Your Photos. Uh, and that's available at licenseyourphotos.com. Uh, with that, we do have a private Facebook group. Um, that's a great kind of resource for everybody, uh, just like your mastermind. Um, and the course is more than five hours of scripted, very detailed content um, that's all video based. So it's me on camera um, going through literally step by step, everything from the beginning of, you know, what is your, your copyright um, laws and, and how to register your photos with the U.S. Copyright Office, um, all the way to, you know, tips on how to shoot differently so that you have more potential to license, uh, how to edit a little bit differently so you have more potential to license. 
um, your organization kind of on the back end when you're doing this kind of thing, how to uh, identify the vendors that are in the spaces, uh, how to find the contact people for those vendors, uh, email templates of how to reach out to them on the first, second or third attempt if you don't get replies, um, negotiating your prices. I mean, it includes everything, like every single thing that I do on a daily and weekly basis to make money for my business, I teach in the course. Uh, we also have more than five hours probably of bonus content of interviews with other photographers to get you know different perspectives on this kind of stuff um, and other kind of behind the scenes things that I do um, as it relates to the course. Um, and you know, I, I know that a big part of your audience isn't necessarily real estate or architecture photographers, um, but what I teach, the, the main concept of the course in addition to the ABC one, two, three is, is what I call a licensing mindset. Uh, and so this is really big because you know, like you mentioned in the beginning, like this is a topic that you as, you know, a portrait and wedding photographer don't really think about often. Um, you know, you have your business structure in place and, and this uh, licensing isn't necessarily revenue stream for you. And so what I want to help people do is get a licensing mindset, which is a way of looking at your work uh, under a different lens, pardon the pun, um, so that you start to see opportunities to sell your work to other people. It's a way of thinking about your work in terms of, hey, who else might have value from this photo or might could get value from this photo? Who else could I present this photo to that would get value out of it that they will pay for it? Uh, and so, you know, the, the very specifics of, you know, again, relate to my work of the interiors and architecture, um, the, the real nuancy things obviously come from my experiences, but the overall concepts are really wide range and, you know, can really fit to just about any kind of photography. Awesome. Adam, thanks for being here, my man. Um, really appreciate this. Appreciate the conversation, uh, the information that you've shared today. Um, and and uh, man, uh, congratulations moving to Hawaii. Get settled in. Uh, I'm planning to make a trip out to Hawaii here this year. Well, I should say next year. I'm only like a few days away from 2021. All right. So, but uh, my wife and I, we're planning to, to make a trip out. Uh, so maybe I'll ping you here. I know Hawaii is a big place. A lot of different islands to be heading to. So but we, haven't, we haven't done the research either, uh, but I'll make sure to hit you up uh, when we do when we do make our way uh maybe you can give us a few recommendations all right that sounds good and uh also forget we are going to give 25 percent off the course to your listeners um oh, we rad. can create a promo code for you um yeah. what's the promo code you like to use Oh, I just, for some reason, I just, I just went to like middle school humor and I was going to say something absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> just like make everyone type it in. Um, I, I didn't, um, you know what, let's just do Ben Hartley, uh, all lowercase one word, Ben Hartley, H-A-R-T-L-E-Y, Ben Hartley. Cool. Ben Hartley promo code at checkout will get your listeners 25% off the course. So, awesome. uh, that's my way of saying thank you uh, to them for listening and, uh, you know, I hope they got some really good information out of this. And obviously, if you go to the course, you'll get lots more. It's awesome. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate you. Cheers. Thank you. Podcast listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today, listening to Adam Taylor and I converse around licensing your images. A really fun man. So many different revenue uh, streams available um, with your with your talent. Uh, and so I hope that you took so much away from this. Um, make sure that you get a chance to drop into the mastermind group. You will see this video. If you search for Adam Taylor in the mastermind community, you'll find this video. You'll get to see this handsome bloke, see some of the questions that have been asked. Hopefully get a chance to see Adam actually in those comments as well applying to them. Um, and so can't wait to see you guys there. Uh, otherwise, if I don't see you in the mastermind group, well, then you can listen to my voice on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Until then, cheers, everyone. <laughs>